it again. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. There's no doubt in my mind that this moment was a defining moment for Jesus. More than just the baptism, this was a moment of blessing from God. Blessing from his Father, where God spoke intimately and meaningfully to his Son. And it altered, literally changed, the course of Jesus' life from this day forward. This is the start of his ministry with this moment, where God, where the Father spoke to his Son. And I've heard lots of messages preached about this, this, this passage, and most of them focus on the baptism, and, and it's not bad not wrong but but tonight i want to spend a few minutes and look at uh the blessing and what what this blessing looked like from the father to the son and as we do that to think about what does it look like for us as parents both both dads today but moms as well and and not maybe even just dads and moms but but how we treat friends around us uh so if we're not a parent um, how we treat people around us and how we can be people that bless others um, to, to sort of jump into it, I want to look uh, tonight at three things that define what a father's blessing looks like. What does it look like to bless? Is it a single event? Is it this ongoing combination of like uh, you know nutrients dispersed on a regular basis that work to fertilize the soil of a kid's heart? And specifically, uh, to answer that, we're going to look at three things from this passage of Scripture that define what does it look like and help us understand a bit more of what it looks like to bless our kids. And as we kind of look at these, I, I just want to say, I recognize that none of these are magic buttons where you just kind if of, you, if you do this, then everything works. It's, it doesn't work like that in parenting. Anybody say that that's true? You know, there's no, well, there are books on parenting, but... Good luck. You know, yeah, there's thousands of books, but you know, for your kid and for every certain situation and circumstance, good luck. But what, what we're going to talk through tonight are three principles that help to shape what it can look like to bless our kids and to speak blessing. And like Jesus, to set them on a path that can change all of their lives. So this is a big thing. The first one. I'm just going to jump right in. The first one that we see in this, this, this scripture is, the, is affirmation. In verse 3 of 22a, so right at the start, it says this. You are my son. The father says to him, you are my son. The first, it, I, I found this fascinating as I was looking through this and I was preparing for tonight. Because it all starts with affirming who he is. It's all about identity. Part One of the starting points of blessing our kids is knowing who they are and calling it out in them. He affirms the identity of Christ as well as the ownership of Christ. You are my son. And affirming a, a kid's identity, our kid's identity, their place in our families is huge. And I think it's huge because it's one of the, the deepest and most basic desires of the human heart, and that's the, 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 the 
Longing for belonging. Kids need to know that they belong. This affirmation of who they are. Does that sound right? And and truthfully, I think that's actually why peer pressure and peer influence, like as they get into teen years, that's why it's so... Because part of what happens is that they want to, to belong and they maybe don't feel it from family. Maybe. Again, there's no rules, set rules. But, or they choose not to and they feel it in other ways. We have, and myself included, this incredible need, desire, depth to belong. And the starting point for Jesus of his ministry, of this blessing that God said, you are my son. This is who you are. It's something um, with Joshua specifically years ago, and I, I don't even remember where I heard it, but as he is doing things wrong, I remember somebody challenging me to, to stop and not just be like, man, you're just totally screwing up, but actually to say, this is who you are. So don't, not just stop doing this, which I often say as well, just to be clear, lots. Um, but this is who, Joshua, you know, I'm sad about this because this is who you are. This is your identity. You are, I say this all the time too, you are a great kid. You are a great friend. You are, so I, I'm choosing to speak into him that life of who he is. Not just who, what he's not supposed to be. Because even already, even just at 11, and I'm not experienced, there's more in the room experience than I have. But it's really easy when he's done something wrong to be like, I'm so stupid. You know, he gets mad at himself. And just, no, you're not a stupid kid. You are an incredible kid. Built by God for great things. I don't like what you did. <laughs> and you can't do it again. Or I'm going to spank. No, I'm... <laughs> But you are an incredible kid. This is who you are. You catch that? That's that identity piece. And it's what God did here too. You are my son. Jesus needed this. Right after this point, um, this is the start of his ministry and he um, went into the desert and he was tempted. And Satan tempted him for 40 days and he threw all kinds of things at him. And this peace, this knowing who he was, this identity peace, it set his feet on something solid. He knew that he was, that God was his father and that he was, he knew his position, his identity. This, this blessing peace starts with affirmation. It starts with doing that. Jamie Foxx, uh, was this actor that portrayed uh, Ray Charles in a movie called Ray. And he, he describes his life as never having a relationship with the father, with his own father that he wanted. His own parents lived like 28 miles away in Texas, but they, ever, they rarely ever visited him. In one of his bi- biographies, he wrote, I passed for more than 1,000 years. I was the first quarterback at my high school to do that. I was making the Dallas Morning News and my father never even came and watched. 28 miles away. He said, that's weird. From this day to, from even to this day, nothing, not even anything. He said, but the absence of it actually made me angry. 
made me want to be something. And it actually drove him. And it drove him to push and push and push so that one day he said, I hope my dad would just look up and say, you are my son. You see, our kids, our, our, our sons, our daughters, our kids, they want to hear from us. They want to feel from us. That's my son. That's my daughter. They want to know that identity. Our friends around us, if it's not our kids, maybe it's kids that we help with, whether it's you know, young life or whatever, they, they need to know that. We've got them. Second thing, I'm just going to jump through this quickly. Second thing that we see in this, this, this interchange between God and, the, and his son Jesus is affection. You can flick to the next slide there. Oh. Garrett's like, why is it not up there? No, it's good. <laughs> Love it, man. Thanks, Ooh, dude. You're about to get a job. No worries. <laughs> the second thing is affection. Affirmation and affection. They're both part of blessing. In the second part of this blessing, uh, Luke 3, 22b, we see, you are my son, first part, Second part, whom I love. There's this affection. You are my son who I love. And this affirming, you know, our, their identity, our kids' identity is, is so important. And so is affection. Affection is a huge part of blessing our kids. I, I believe that a, a father and mother, our, our time is, care, or excuse me, our blessing is characterized by, by not just uh, what we say, but by our time, by our touch, by how we engage and interact with our kids. And I, w- I would say and encourage today that if we're not spending time with our kids, if we're not talking to our kids, touching our kids, um, maybe we're not blessing them. And there's no replacement for that time, talk, and touch. There really is no replacement for it. Uh, James Dobson, in some research that he did, um, said, that, said this, researchers engaged in a study to find out how much time middle-class fathers actually spent with their small kids. The fathers were first asked how much time they spent each day with their children. The average answer was 15 to 20 minutes a day. That was the answer given by dads. To verify this, the researchers attached microphones to the kids. And he said the results were shocking. The average middle-class father has an average of 2.7 meaningful encounters per day with their kids, and each encounter lasting 10 to 15 seconds. The total time was 37 seconds a day. Researchers discovered that that's the amount that middle-class fathers spend with their kids on a regular basis, small kids. And truthfully, it was only slightly better when they pulled churches. In his book, The Dad Difference, Josh McDowell outlined the following statistics. He said the average teen in our church spends only two minutes a day in meaningful dialogue with their dad. And 25% of these teens say they never had a meaningful conversation with their father. Now, I don't know about you, but 37 seconds a day does not translate into blessing in any culture. (laughs) Fair enough. Now, I'm not saying that that's this group at all. But I'll tell you what. I, I was so challenged, even as I was researching and pra- you know, prepping for tonight and just kind of thinking about this. Like, what, what does my day look like? Where, where am I putting that time in? Not, not for me, 
not the busy doing something else and chatting with them time, but like the giving them not just my time, but my energy. For me, that's my challenge. Where am I, me personally, I'm not talking to anybody here, this is a big mirror from Dave. Where am I giving my kids that energy, that time? When my Caleb asked me, Dad, will you just come play Lego with me? And I've got like four things to do and I've got to get them done quick. And it's like, I know he's not going to be asking me to go play Lego with him for very long. But he's asking me, come just sit with me, Dad. Just come be with me, Dad. Just come play Lego. So challenged by that personally. Am I that 37 seconds a day? Are we spending time with our kids? Are we talking to them? Are we touching them? Are we showing them our affection? Studies have proven that kids with involved dads, they're more confident, better able to deal with frustration, better able to gain a sense of independence, more likely to become compassionate adults, more likely to have higher self-esteem, more likely to have higher grade point averages, more sociable. And the, the, the bottom line is this, if Jesus needed to hear it, there's a good chance our kids need to hear it too. And it's not just a dad's job, it's a mom's job too, absolutely. And it doesn't just apply in families, it applies with friends as well. So are we affirming our kids and being affectionate with them? And the last part, and the third part of this, this picture of blessing and what it, looked like to, what it looks like to bless our kids is the word approval. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Love you, man. Affirmation, affection, and approval. They, they define this word blessing. Luke 3, verse 22c, we see the last part. With you, I am well pleased. You are my son. Identity. You are mine. Whom I love. I love you. And I am so pleased with you. This picture that we see of the Father blessing Jesus. Do you think it's possible that Jesus longed for and maybe even needed his Father's approval? It's kind of interesting thought. I mean, he was fully man. I think he was. He was human. Um, in his book, Garrison Keller in his book called We Are Still Married, he describes the Schroeder family. And in particular, he described this man named E.J. Schroeder. And he was a man that never showed approval for his kids. And there's a story that they wrote. It went like this. I'll just read it. I came across it this week. It says, The town ball club was the Lake Wobegan Schroeders, so named because the starting nine were brothers, all sons of this one guy, E.J. Schroeder. E.J., was ticked off if a boy hit a bad pitch. He'd spit and curse and he'd rail at him. And if a son hit a home run, EJ would say, blind man could have hit that one. Your grandma could have put that wood on that one. Or he'd say, wind practically took that one out of here. Didn't even need to hit it much. If one of his sons couldn't hit one out, there'd be something wrong with him. So his sons could never please him. They could never gain his approval. Once against Freeport, his oldest boy, Edwin Jim Jr. churned and ran to the center field fence for a long, long fly ball. He threw his glove 40 feet in the air 
and he snagged the ball and caught the ball in his glove. When he turned towards the dugout to see if his dad had seen it, EJ was on his feet clapping. But when he saw the boy look to him, he immediately pretended he was swatting mosquitoes. The batter was called out, the third out, and Jim ran back to the bench and stood by his dad seeking approval. EJ sat chewing in silence and finally said, I saw a man in Superior, Wisconsin do that a long time ago, but he did it at night and the ball was hit a lot harder. What a jerk. Isn't that sad? Tragic even. This is a real story, this man. It's robbing kids of blessing that they desperately want and need. Our kids need that. I remember this one time um, I was coaching hockey in Edmonton. We, we ran a hockey league um, out of our church there. And I was on the ice and uh, yeah, I was, I was engaging with these kids and one of, the, one of these little guys did this incredible move and he'd score it and, and he turned and all of a sudden he's just weeping on the ice and I'm like, what the heck, right? Like he just scored, he's done this incredible move and, and I'm like, what's going on, buddy? Like what's, my dad's just sitting up there on his phone, didn't even look at me, didn't even see me. Said, I, I, I like, I came off, I was like, you know, just wrecked me. This little guy, you know, just looking for this approval of his dad who's sitting on his phone, not even watching. Are we blessing our kids? What does it look like to affirm them, to, that they know who they are, that we know who they are and they know it? To be affectionate with them, to love them, and to, and to approve of them. Maybe even when it's not what we expect, which is not always easy. Are we parents? Are we moms and dads, friends with others around us that love and bless our kids? I want to encourage you tonight. I think we get this crazy cool picture from God and the way he set up Jesus, who obviously needed this as well, that we can follow and in turn encourage and bless our kids. What a cool opportunity we have to learn from this and to actually go, okay, how can I do this as well and actually set my kids up for, for whatever God has got for them. I just want to invite you to, to bow your heads and we're just going to close with a word of prayer. God, I pray tonight that you would meet us here and just kind of Show us who we are. God, for those of us sitting here tonight that maybe don't even know who we are, that that word that you are my son, God, you speak over us that we are sons and daughters, that you've adopted us, and that God, all of this identity piece, this ability to speak identity into other people's lives starts with knowing who we are in you. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God, loved by the Father, bought by the Son, and the blood of Jesus Christ. And you know us and love us. God, I just want to pray, even as we're praying right now, that that would sink in deep into us. So that 
We don't walk out of here just trying to bless and do it on our own strength, but actually it'd be something that is a res- in response to how you love us. Help us to bless our kids. Help us to speak life into our kids. Help us to, to, to meet them where they're at. Tell them, re- reaffirm, encourage who they are. Show them that we love them and then affirm and, and be behind them, God. Help us to bless our kids. Thanks, God, that we don't do this on our own, but you walk with us in. In your name, Jesus. Amen. As a a final thought, and I remember being encouraged and challenged on this years ago, but as a culture, it's funny how, and and, and again, not speaking anything into this room because there's different, different places, but it's funny how, you know, if we were to ask and say, do you love your kids? Most of us would say, absolutely. At least nine out of ten days. No, I'm just kidding. We'd say, absolutely, I love my kids. But there's this interesting piece of how often do we say it? Are we a culture of people that actually like say that? And the power of our words. And I want to just kind of as a side, or just a final thought here. You know, as, as a part of blessing our kids, I think there's power in what we say. And I wanted to encourage that. You know, is that a habit? Is that something that we're doing on a regular basis where we're actually speaking that out? I remember this moment for me uh, where it shifted. And it wasn't, and again, it's, I wasn't a parent actually. It was with my younger brother. And I remember how hearing something like that, this, this picture, what does it look like to bless? And that was actually a similar conversation to what we're having tonight. And somebody encouraging that, do you actually say it? And I went, boy, I, like, I love my little brother, John. My younger brother's 10 years younger than me. But I never really say it to him. And I remember this conscious decision I made where I said, I'm going to start to say that to him. Man, I love you. And it was incredible how it changed our relationship, how it changed him as he's come back and told me. And all because of this simple kind of shift I did. And it really wasn't that hard because I already loved him. But I actually just started saying it. Lots. I love you, man. Like, and I meant it. I just hadn't been saying it. So I want to encourage you. Not just in how we say, I love you, but as we're blessing our kids, are there other ways we can say that? Where you affirm their identity, where you speak out that you love them, and where you encourage who they are and what they're doing. So as you bless, I want to encourage you the power of words and to, to, to go out and speak that out. Not and show it, obviously, but to, to really speak it into our kids' lives. Thanks for listening. Um, one of the things we love to do, I love to do it, is this, just a bit of a Q&A, just to wrap things up. And so I want to invite you, if there's any questions, uh, maybe something that jumped out to you as we were speaking, or maybe, um, maybe a challenge. Dave, you're full of it. I don't really agree with you on that. I'm happy to field those as well. Um, any thoughts, questions, challenge, as I've been talking tonight, speaking about blessing? Yeah, man. It seems to me like if you affirm your kids in the wrong way, Sure. So do you think that there's a way that you can affirm your kids without causing them to be Yeah. It's a great question. I, I think that, so for me, like with Joshua and that story that I described where I, you know, I like to speak into him. So even when he's not doing things well, um, for me, it's not so much about speaking into what he's doing, but who he is. So you are a good kid like I want to speak into the truth of who I know of who he is 
and and part of it is speaking into being what I believe is true, even when it's not. <laughs> and now, now, how to stop pride in that? Um, generally, I found in that moment, it's anything but pride that exists. For, for what I've experienced, it's right. usually this uh, like self-loathing. You know, you're, st you're still disciplined. Yeah, oh yes. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, and he's, he, he still gets in trouble, just to be clear. <laughs> Um, so it's not like he's getting off the hook, but I, I really, I want to be careful in that moment because I don't want him to lose who he is and who I've seen in him. So I'm not making stuff up either. That's part of it too. I want to be careful not, you know, that, that could sort of float his head too, right? It's always like bigger than real reality. So I, I'm trying to be as truthful as possible as well as I speak. Does that answer you think it? Yeah. Any other questions, thoughts? And I'm not the expert on this, by the way. That's just my experience. So, at all. Thoughts? Anything, Joe? Are there times like when the kids are begging for your attention? And we give we give our kids like a decent amount of attention all the time, and I can definitely give them more. But sometimes I feel like if you are if they're constantly getting your attention what they want all the time and maybe that like is there a balance there as well i don't know i think i think for the most part everybody's probably on the wrong side of this so <laughs> we can i think it's good to sit down get high level and, and have a conversation or play a game with them. but okay i just feel like maybe sometimes in our society we tend to always like worship the kids to a degree and, and then they they get this sense of like you know, entitlement entitlement i think that, that's something i've heard in culture today but I think for the most part, probably what happens is they're ignored for a while and then, and then No, it's a great question, Garrett. I mean, yeah. is there a balance point? I was just going to re reiterate, tell me if this is what you're asking, but is there a balance point between um, sort of blessing or speaking and spending too much time with them? Yeah. Is there a balance between that and maybe giving them some time where they're on their own or doing their own thing? Is that what yeah, I'm Yeah, totally. I feel like God, God in, in the scripture and even in our lives, he doesn't always yeah, sure. It isn't always. Sometimes we gotta fight through things, yep. and then and then we figure out his hand afterwards at yep. that time or whatever. But yeah. yeah, no, and I I would say so. In even the picture that we're looking at tonight, so this picture of blessing, um, it's not a constant thing. So it's not something that has to be there every minute of every day. So I absolutely think there's balance to this, yeah. and I think kids need that too, to be honest. So um, I think that's part of raising healthy kids is not always having stimulus or parents or all of those kinds of things. But even in, in this story, I think we see the starting of that where there's this blessing spoken over him. And yes, the father, you know, is always with him, but there is this, um, yeah, absolutely. But I agree that I don't spend enough genuine time with him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's, hey, it's tough. You know, I don't, I don't, maybe nobody else is in this spot. No, every, I know a lot of you, well, most of you are in this spot. It's busy. We're busy and, and running and filled. So um, my, my encouragement to that is, you know, if we're at two minutes, can you do four minutes? Don't worry, you know, I'm not asking you to do an hour. What does that look like, you know? If you get asked to play Lego in a day five times, can you do it two times? You know, be, let's be be realistic too. Like it's there's life and balance and all of that. Has to, you have to 
keep breathing at the end of the day and knowing how your child receives your love is sure. also super important too. Agreed. Because different people receive love different ways and if you think you're giving your child attention, which is how you think you're giving them love and they're not receiving that as love, then you're not you're wasting your time basically. It's one of the things that I've learned with my child. It's a great right? point. Is how how he gets filled up. Yep. And how I get and how I give love is different than how he receives it. So yep. then knowing that then you can be intentional about it as well. It's a great point. Yeah. You're right. Everybody's got kind of their and own your, language, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, and your kids will all be different too, right? Yep. So Caleb, I gotta cuddle with him. Joshua, we gotta go for a drive. Like, what the heck? But honestly, like within two minutes of going for a drive, just me and Joshua, I love you, Dad. You're the best dad ever. Like, what? <laughs> you know, like he's fighting me forever. Just something about going for a drive for that kid, and he just does start chatting and open up and talk and okay, that's all right. I'm okay with that. That's that what that's where it works and when he. Great. So, yeah. yeah. Somebody who works with probably more than my fair share of entitled kids just in my job <laughs> and when I do summer camps with like hockey players and uh -huh. stuff like that. Entitlement I find tends to more come from parents not knowing their identity as opposed mm -hmm. to, to kids. And it's pretty rare that I see a kid that I know who's gotten a lot of attention from their parent who is the one that's been entitled. It's more parents who don't realize that they're the heads of their household. And then the child steps in and takes over that, and that's yeah. where the entitlement thing comes from. Yeah, that you. They just fill the gap. Yeah. Good thought, man. Yeah, Love thanks, it. Man. Well, all the time you're spending with your kids when they're younger is like money in the bank for their teenagers because that's the foundation. Sure. So that when they're in all sorts of things that are <laughs> possible, <laughs> then you've already built that relationship. You know what they like, you know what they need, you know, and whether they're accepting it or not. Yeah, and I think part of that too is knowing what the distractions are, whether whatever, and there's all kinds of things that can fill that gap, mm -hmm. and how do we minimize those so that we can really be there yeah, to be present, right? So for me too. Sometimes when you say no, actually, like, you don't have four things to do in the next yeah. hour. It's we're actually going to stay home all yeah. And I do want to, I want to be careful too. I want to encourage, I know, and I really believe this strongly too, but there are seasons where you've got to go all in on something, whatever that may be. Um, I know when we were finishing our house, it was like, like good luck. Like, you know, I was there like 16 hours a day for the last month and a half. Like where, where how? I, I was barely walking, you know, like you just, it's, you're all in and you have, and you have to, like there's no other option. So 
there are seasons like that and even that come back the balance word then it's realizing okay how do i balance that then you know where okay once that season is done how do i get back to normal maybe not allow that to be the new normal or whatever that looks like so um, which can be hard as well just kind of pull back and recognize that too so uh, and i think that's okay that's part of life as well you know um, it, it just is so um just to be cautious not to allow that to be our normal so any last thoughts before we wrap up awesome thanks everybody for leaning in thanks for all the great thoughts and for uh just joining us on a hot happy father's day so and enjoy your uh, enjoy your uh, presents from your kids so as you pick them up <laughs> <laughs>